Welcome and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. And now... Shut up and sit down. Hey, it's Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride the hive train into the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Caucasian Saint. What's up, Derek? I am ready to talk. The internet has given me a plethora of things to talk about this week, and I am ready to talk about those things. Next up, we have the wolf. That's not one, but two, bringing us back. What's going on, Chris? Uh, I'm at a Comic-Con and D3 Mind F right now, so let's get started. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a little interesting because uh, we're at a year, guys. One year. (laughs) One year. We will actually do an official one-year big episode. Or big episode. We're looking at trying to get ourselves uh, uh, Mike back on for that episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it'll be all hands on deck for that. But next up, we're going to go right into error and omissions. So there was really one big error and omission in last week's uh, two episodes. Uh, we covered everything really great about how we we're changing up the format and everything like that, except somehow, some way, and I still don't know what it was. I sounded like I was either a million miles away or my microphone was in a submarine and I was whispering and all that jazz. So I still don't know what happened. I theorized what it was. I went over with Fouts and he goes, that's normal. I'm like, crap. <laughs> you, you need to not quit listening to Yellow Submarine before the podcast, man. That just puts you right in one. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, watch uh, what and watching what is that? U five seven one and yeah. Red October. Oh, yeah. <laughs> push, push me in the submarine. You're, you, you're cosplay. You're cosplaying. You're in a submarine, commander. You know, it's the suit should have gave it away. Yep. Never cosplayed. Not ruling it out, but never have. <laughs> All right. So next up, we're gonna get into our queue. All right. So first up on in our queue. There's a couple sad things that went on uh, this last week. Um, uh, 9 a.m. today, it was found that the lead singer, uh, uh, the, the lead uh, vo- vocalist. vocalist, not uh, not the not not Mike Shinoda, no. the rapper, but uh, Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park, uh, was found uh, apparent suicide. He hung himself. Um, he is. He leaves behind his wife and six children. It is known that he had a past of uh, fighting addiction. It it's a really it's a heavy heart to say this. Like I actually, I had a, a really hard time with it because their music has helped me through so many hard times in my life. And then to know that you know demons catch up to everybody Mm -hmm. and if you don't have if you if you don't have your family if you don't have something around when you need it dark times can get you get to you and it's just if you're ever feeling down if you're thinking of anything it's hard it is very very hard to reach out but reach out to family reach out to people there are numbers it might feel like you're being weak but you're not. Yeah, we just had this in a an uprising. We we've had all these support channels in our uh, Slack and our Discord to talk about things people need help with, everything from technology to business. But one person brought it up, and like, what about if in a case of an emergency? And we created a, a an ice in case of an emergency support channel, and it's people have posted, um, not suicidal level, but like really down times and man it's great when you have a band of uh, family brothers and sisters and uprising to rally around and give that person support when they need it and uh man there's professionals out there that can help but you see this with a lot of people who are in, in the entertainment side when you, you, you rely on other people to give you that sense of satisfaction uh too much if you lean too heavily on it it's it becomes really tough we saw that with robin williams and many others the comedians and in the singing side of it uh chris cornell and this yeah, and the chris thing cornell. is this actually happened this today is chris cornell's birthday mm. wow yeah and, and both of them are fantastic vocalists but 
Yeah. Uh, so, Chris, you're going to talk about one of my heroes. Yeah, we had the passing of George Romero. Uh, George Romero, famous uh, American-Canadian filmmaker. He is the originator of... Zombies. The zombie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... The beginning of his career, he had Night of the Living Dead, uh, and then he added it on with Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, um, Creep Show, The Crazies. There were there are plenty of movies. Uh, if you're a fan of Walking Dead, guess what? This guy had a hand in it because he created the the reason why that existed. Uh, I had a friend of mine send me a quote uh, of George Romero's, and it said, "When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth," <clears throat> and that's pretty much the premise. If you watch the walking dead that's yep. that's what it is um and so a, a huge loss based upon you know there are very few things that are created by people where you can originate and this is the person that created that um specifically in the, these type of genres and and for george romero everybody i and without even question points back to him for this yeah. um and so it's it's one of the largest things in our world today zombies are in everything mm-hmm. like everybody talks about that you know what i mean it's like it's just a common thing like you don't even think about it um back when he did it it was very uncommon uh and obviously because it was new so um just uh, just tribute to a gentleman who had uh, a great concept and a great idea and was so passionate about it that he he saw it all the way through fruition to the point where you know today it's such a commonplace word that it's in vernacular mm-hmm. and in in the american dictionary which it was not basically when he came up with it yeah uh, in his this is a guy who who wasn't afraid to push his friends and stuff like that. Uh, he cre- he he was a mentor both for one of his best friends, Tom Savini, who's also behind some of the various uh, Friday the Thirteenth stuff and other major movie uh, creatures. So much so that he said, "Hey, you know," and it was in nineteen nineties. He said, "Hey, uh, our our do let's do a remake of the of the Living Dead." And I want you to direct it and to do the special effects. And I'm just going to sit back and uh, I'll write it for you. That's the type of person that he was. Like he, he wanted to see everybody he was connected to, you know, succeed and stuff like that. And he, he just a brilliant, brilliant creative genius when it came to his view of horror. You could go into a film and you knew it was him. Like he, he put a stamp on things. There's... Very, there's, you know, you feel that with certain people that when they produce, you, when the director and does, when the director does the writing as well as direct direction, you're able to see that creative genius, and the, just having him gone, it, it's a, it's a sad, sad day, but he did leave by quite the legacy, uh, for upcoming, uh, upcoming writers, upcoming directors to follow and learn from. Yeah. That the the zombie genre itself has had every iteration. The going into deeper zombies, slower zombies, faster zombies, funny zombies, uh, serialized zombies, everything you can think of. Um, and this, I mean, even just like Edgar Wright, the the baby driver guy, he he made his uh, debut doing a funny zombie movie in Shaun of the Dead, making fun of the entire genre of the zombie movie that George Romero uh, invented. So. Uh, kudos to him, his legacy, and having such a style and vision that he he, he created a media. Yes, yeah. he did. Cajun, to your point, in our next episode, we're going to be talking about Call of Duty, which is having World War II uh, again uh, again with zombies. I mean, it touches everything. Like we're, I mean, it's a it's a it's a. He was even he was even aspect. in an episode of Zombies. George A. Romero was filming was doing a film. In one of the one of that was one of the scenarios, and George A. Romero was the the boss zombie. Oh wow, nice! <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Take a, a few seconds, moment of silence, and then we'll move on. Well, um, moving into our first show, it's really tough to transition on stuff like that, but we, we did it first and uh, we'll move into a show we say we we're going to talk about. And we were really excited about from the trailer, uh, Friends from College, a Netflix series. Um, we all just, we all just binged it. It was so great, right? Right? 
my wife and I couldn't get past episode two. I like legit could not get past. I got two episodes in, and I'm like, this is a case of mispackaged product. Yeah. No, I I put it in our Discord immediately. I was like, because I knew Cajun for sure was watching it, and I'm like, and you responded like, "Yep, my wife and I, same." Like I'm like, okay, so I'm not alone because I thought maybe I was maybe I'm on an island and maybe I'm just not getting it. Because you've been there, you've been on that island before where you're like salt, 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 and we're all like, "Where's this all coming from?" And we just like in in your date you with love, and you're like, "I see the love now," but (laughs) I'm like, "Am I missing something?" This was represented as funny, and this is not funny. This is drama with a pinch of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was so much drama and the awkward stuff too. And especially, we're all married. The main storyline in this, I mean, we're going to, this is a minor spoiler, but we didn't finish watching this. I don't know what the hell happens. I mean, but it, it's about infidelity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's nothing funny about that. It's the backdrop of like two people who could care less about their other partners and just being completely uh, unfaithful. And that's the entire major plot point of the first two episodes. And it's like, what the hell is this show? And it, not hardly any of the jokes that were in the trailer were there. They might be later, or maybe they just put every single one of them in the trailer. It was that was rough. I feel like it was one episode where they all got high, and so that was like an episode. Like I, I, I I'm just guessing. Like episode five or six. Let's just they say. go to Vegas and to get that, high. Yeah, and yeah, and so that's the that's where they took all of the trailer but that's not any of the show no yeah. and the other thing is and granted uh just might be personal opinion but uh i also when you see uh key it's it's key right it's keel that is, is that or, yeah, yeah. Key, uh keegan michael key yeah yeah so his wife in it versus who his friend is who he's who he's having the affair with that wasn't. I mean, even if you're going for the drama side of things and that type of stuff, that wasn't believable to me because, like, I'm seeing, I'm looking, looking at the wife, and I'm like, "You're a damn idiot!" Like, that that was. But he was a he was a damn idiot for before, everything, yeah for yeah the, for the books everything scenario. the books everything his character it just, was it was not a believable idiot. character it was not a believable character not a single one was this is what a Hollywood writer thinks friends from college do like yeah, this is a Hollywood writer thinking who never went to an Ivy League school thinking, this is what Ivy League uh, friends do. Yeah. No, and the whole thing, the, the characters were not believable. And that's... that's Exactly. Like, and... Everything it, was out of reality. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, Fred... I, want, I was excited to, you know, because Fred Savage mostly does writing and directing now. You don't really see him do acting. And so to, I was excited to see something with Fred Savage. And mm-hmm. then just even his character, just everything feels very... Very forced. Um, it feels like I'm almost watching like a like like it feels like I'm watching a high school play. And, uh, and actually, you know, I don't even want to do that because I watched high school plays in high school, and they were they were they were more believable. That, so I mean, I don't know. It just yeah. it just felt very like, hey, we got some money. We're just gonna put these people together and let's see what they do. Like, yeah, I, I, I you know, if you like it. Maybe there's something else out there. If you just go at it as a drama and you get past the two episodes, maybe it gets better. Maybe eventually I'll watch it, but it made me uncomfortable more than it mm-hmm. did anything else. And that made me actually quite sad because of how excited we were for it. Yeah. And this was, there wasn't a single character in this I could relate to. And it's, this show gets made because other people in Hollywood think, Okay, this people must be like this instead of just like no, I don't know anybody like this either. Unless this is how Hollywood people are, but yeah, yeah. I'd rather just move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chris, which is what I, which it's what actually what I did that night, and I did move on. And what I watched was uh, the TV miniseries on HBO called The Defiant Ones, and it involves uh, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, and it talks about their relationship together. Um, with Dre Beats and as well as Jimmy Iovine with Interscope Records and everything that that had the culmination of the Chronic and everything where you know where Dre is today, 
and it was really extremely interesting. It's extremely interesting to see who they work with prior, because I w- wouldn't have guessed that Jimmy Iovine had worked with like Bruce Springsteen and some other other major artists, and I wouldn't have guessed some of the artists that Dr. Dre has worked with. And at the point when they sold Dre Beats, there was a controversy of the three, you know, three billion dollars that they were selling it for. So like it, it was interesting to to see how they sold it, where they sold it, how they've each come up, and then again you know where each of their paths had lied and it's it's very short i mean short in the sense that it's, i think it's four episodes of one hour mm-hmm. each i believe yeah, you know it is um but it, it, the miniseries itself was very very interesting and it it laid perspective on an era of music that was prevalent for me because i was into that type of music at the time and, and i know Jeff, jimmy from watching american idol specifically i didn't know who he was until american idol but i knew he was on there for i can't remember what what season it was but he was one of the mentors for people uh in in one of the seasons and so i kind of had an idea who he was i got a little bit of a backstory and i got to see how you take something from nothing into millions uh and millions of dollars into a record company that one of the other things is they like they get deep with a lot of the people that are involved with it because like you learn a lot more about uh dre's and eminem's past together Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you learn about it, and this is this is very prevalent to a lot of uh, podcasters, a lot of people just in general, is that back when Dre started out rapping, he was more about mixing and helping produce music than he was wanting to rap because he didn't feel because back he you know it was kind of more that higher pitched poppy kind of rap back when he got started, and he mm-hmm. hated his own voice. Like, he hates the sound of his own voice. He felt that it's too deep. He felt that it's – and it, it's like anybody who's listened to, you know, Chronic or or even, you know, going further back, you know, and listened to his some of his original stuff. Uh, Straight out of Exactly. Comedy. You know, li- listen to that type of stuff. It You know that – I mean, for, for, for as a fan, his his music is great, and it's his, that voice that hits. It's that – you know, it's like a punch. It's like it's like you're getting punched by, by that. I mean, but it's a good thing. It's it, Cajun. Yeah, and, and you see that portrayed in the Straight Outta Compton movie. Straight Outta Compton movie portrayed that. Uh, uh, well, and then they basically had all the surviving cast of uh, NWA to relay those characters and and the times that they how they grew up together, and how they came big and so it was that was a really good portrayal of him coming up as well so needless to say hbo has a hit it was Mm. it was it's been pretty popular it there's a few of my friends who have talked about it specifically because it's kind of hitting that time frame uh but cajun i know that you have been literally singing the praises of a handmade sale oh when you hear it's like oh is this this show and like i said I, i i completely missed what the exact time frame was when it was set in it's like i know it's good but it's just like Downton Abbey good where a lot of people like it, but it's all drama and I'm just going to be bored to death with it. No, no, not at all. This thing, it, it got nominated for 13 Emmys. It deserves everything it's getting nominated for. I'm not even done with the first season yet, but man, this is good. I can't sing its praises enough. Um, but like I said before, the first episode is tough to get through. Even the beginning of the second episode, because basically everything that can go wrong or can happen to the main uh, handmaid played by Elizabeth Moss can. Like every type of a, abuse and tragedy, uh, both to her and the world around her, can happen does. And it's just like, am I watching like some sort of like weird like sadomasochist stuff right here? But it, it gets it. That's the setting. And then after that, it's all she can't get any lower than that. And it's all of about the situation she's in, the world she's in. There's a great amount of world building mixed in with great characters, mixed in with just um, fighting the power. And basically, the whole premise is: what if the uber conservative oligarchy took over the government and a civil war ensued? And they made their own country. It's sort of like what if North Korea, uh, even some of the Middle Eastern countries that are have like a strictly uh, religious-based law, 
and stuff happens behind those borders that we don't know about happens, but into certain part, certain states in the U.S. that's separated from the union. And that's the backdrop here. And you're seeing part of it uh, play out with people who didn't expect it coming, who were part of the uh, uprising, uh, who are the oligarchy, who just supported it. And you get to see a lot of different sides of it because they're playing this out in a TV series and not a movie. Yeah. Uh, and I never saw there was an original uh, movie uh, made maybe 25 years ago, I want to say, uh, called The Handmaid's Tale. I never saw it. But telling it, and I don't know if it was good or bad, but telling it in this way lets you get deeper into these characters and I'm really excited to finish this series because it's 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 quite fantastic uh, telling a story this deftly. And that's on Hulu, right? Yes, this is a Hulu original, original. only. Okay. So if you're not subscribed to Hulu, there is no way you can. And get is this all show. Epi- all episodes are available right now? Yes. Yeah. Everything's available. How many episodes is it? I haven't finished it yet. I did. I don't like looking ahead too much, but I would. I would guess ten at this okay. point. Yeah, I don't like to look ahead too much because I like to be surprised by the final one most times. So if you have, yeah, so know. if you haven't used your your uh, your Hulu preview, you could go ahead and use a Hulu preview right now, and then you could right. catch this whole episode or, or this whole season. And then if you like it, yep. you're prepared to sus- to subscribe. Yep. And in terms of streaming services. Amazon, Hulu, HBO Now, uh, Netflix. Hulu is the cheapest on a per month basis. I think it's eight bucks a month. Now, is that with for the, the uh, with commercial commercial engaged? Okay. Yeah, I think it's eight bucks a month with commercials engaged. Twelve bucks without commercials is for, if I'm going from memory. Okay. So yeah, Hulu is the cheapest of any of them, and it's because they do offer that uh, you can watch with commercials package. Okay. Next up, now, Damien. Yeah, I was to say. Next up, we have the missed episode four. It's been a little bit since I've talked about this because they put out three episodes streaming right, right in the get go. So I had to wait for them to catch up. Uh, episode four, I finally get to watch, and then episode five is actually on air right now as we record. Uh, but episode four, they did. They wasted no time. They went right into basically the territory that that the film was in where the film says it doesn't matter if you're a child, you know, woman, man, you're going to be brutalized. Things are going to happen. It's going to make you uncomfortable. I was trying to figure out with how they did multiple storylines going all over the place, how they were going to replicate because the director said he really enjoyed the film and how it was brutal. I had me afraid. And this one, this episode was really difficult um, in a couple aspects. More of a minor character that was was brought in, but it was the fact that they brought a character in that was a was was a child, and they basically pulled the Walking Dead on you, and they just like, nope, you're a child, you're not safe, and so it made for a pretty hard scene. However, the big bad, and this is kind of a spoiler, but the big bad, I feel like that so far that they have they have a big bad that they've been kind of showing it feels like they took the mist monster from lost it's like hey we pulled you off the island now you're over here so that that monster is a little meh compared to some of the other things but all in all the episode was what was a good movement for the story um and it's it's taking characters from a tragedy that happened before the mist happened and changing that to where people are starting to think because there, there was a, a girl that they had thought to you know that they thought that the daughter had been sexually assaulted by this football player and they're they're trapped together in in a mall right now well now it's because of the the things that are going on the survivors that are inside the mall are starting to t- turn against that girl and calling her a liar and going more with the with a star football player. It, it's going to go back and forth with that, I think, through the entire at least first season. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. The special effects are getting better, though, which that's always a good thing. So more yeah. believable with that. And it's getting a lot of lot of pub uh, in the horror community as, hey, uh, if you're walking dead you, or, you know, you need something to watch jump on it and and so it's it's pretty good 
I'm it's a harder episode for a parent to watch. I think the parent, uncle, aunt, things like that. This episode was like I I actually it took me two days to watch it because I had to stop it. Then once I got past it, I was like, okay, okay, I'm fine. But it kind of hits you in the feels. Yeah, that's less spoiler and more warning. Like, yeah, this this is gonna happen. Yeah, but um, just uh, one thing I noticed in the show notes, well, of all the movies that have been coming out and since the the last one, since Spider Man Homecoming, uh, and even the Planet of the Apes one, we we haven't caught them yet. So we're gonna be behind our movies. We've been spending a lot of money and a lot of time trying to catch up with all these summer blockbusters. And we knew that. We even said that like July was gonna be tough for us to to keep up with everything. Dunkirk comes out tomorrow, uh, and me and Chris were looking. It's the second highest rated movie on Metacritic this year. Um, so it's getting. Man, I went and saw. I went and saw Wonder Woman today. <laughs> Catching up. Like eight years too late, but I mean, hey, I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> but man. We will be uh, we will be uh, catching up more on movies, but it's so much easier to watch those shows in the house and stream. Mm-hmm. It is maybe it is. think maybe what, maybe direct movies direct will come to to a, a Magic Plex server. May, maybe well, what's gonna ha- what's gonna happen is movies are gonna come direct to TV soon, and it's gonna make life a whole lot easier. Yeah, to just upload them for. Hey, listen, I would upload it for thirteen or fifteen bucks if I knew that I was just gonna be able to see it right away and, and call it a day. Yeah, the, the only reason they're not is because they know that they would be flipped onto a Plex server or something like that too fast because it'd be easier to change that media around than to send specific copies to movie theaters that are less likely to get into the hands of a pirate. So yeah, that's the only reason it's not yet. <laughs> Cause they would seriously be charging you twenty five bucks to watch a movie at your house. All right. Now, next week, if we can get Planet of the Apes and Dunkirk watched, if any of us can. Valerian. We, we should Valerian. cover it. Valerian drops yeah, this weekend, Friday. Too? Oh, snap. I forgot that. I thought that was next weekend no, for some reason. No, you, Oh, my you God. Say, please save it for, for DVD. It's bad. No, I'm not saving that. I have to see it in theaters. I have I to see, see it in 3D. I have to see I it in 3D. I gotta see it. I have to yeah. see it. That, that is Luke Basin's dream to create this. And, you know, and the thing is, is everybody said the same thing about The Fifth Element, and I absolutely love The Fifth Element, and it's a cult classic now. So, you know, hey, multi-pass, big bada-boom, I'm going to see it. Yeah, I'll, I'm not going to hold it to the same standard as The Fifth Element in terms of quality, uh, but people who I've trusted, I've given it sevens, eights, nines, uh, in terms of reviewers that I follow. Uh, there's lots of others who have given it much lower scores. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be some stuff that's going to make it probably uh, – not as good as the fifth element. I'm going in expecting that. But still, when reviews I'm trusting are giving it like sevens, eights, nines, that's good. Oh, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely will, uh, we, we'll go to see that one. It's just, uh, yeah. And like I said before, of the three, Apes, Dunkirk, and Valerian, I'm going to see Valerian of any of them. Even though it's the lowest rated. Yeah. <laughs> just finished talking about Dunkirk's rating. Valerian's going to get it. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, Dunkirk's more like that Saving Private Ryan. It's like, uh, I'll watch it, but man, I, I need to be at home. I, I want to feel comfortable. I don't yeah. want to be like moving around in my seat because I know what that's going to happen. Yeah, that's like. And I know creep. for sure my wife will fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, my wife will fall dead asleep. Yeah. yeah. My boys to want me, to Dunkirk's see it, like but... Creed. Yeah, yeah, Dunkirk's like Creed for me. I want to watch that one with my dad. So, <laughs> whether it's here we go or it's available and we rent it and we watch it, that's the one I watch with my dad. Yeah. Next up, we have. Hype train. Now, first thing is we got some casting announced. Uh, we got Emily Blunt was announced as Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns, which, I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, she looks like she's going to be a good Mary Poppins. But uh, the thing is that this Mary Poppins movie is going to be a sequel. And if you saw the Disney movie about with Tom Hanks about the making of Mary Poppins, you know that the writer was very much against the movie when it came out. Uh, it was the movie was all about Walt Disney winning her over, and after the movie came out, um, she hated it. Uh, in the movie, in the Tom Hanks movie, I think she liked it a lot more than she did in reality. But she fought any sequel being made, so you couldn't go into that universe again. Well, now it, she has passed, and so we we can see a sequel, and this is going to be. A depression era sequel that's going to visit a grown Jane and Michael Banks, and uh, this comes out in December twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. So 
over a year and a half away. But from the plot of this, magical creature that magical being that you met when you were a kid now comes back when you're an adult. This is the plot of Hook. Bangarang, Mary. Bangarang. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's true. However, but, but man, I love Emily Blunt, so I, I'm I'll definitely well, check it out. I love the I love the cast. I mean the rest of the cast is Meryl Streep, Colin Firth, yeah. Emily Mortimer plays Jane Banks. Dick, Dick Van Dyke's gonna return. Uh Angela Lansbury is gonna be in it. And Angela Lansbury. So, so is she playing is are they gonna combine bid knobs and broomsticks? Because I was just like thinking the ways are we getting a sequel to that well, now? Even Nanny McPhee, uh, she was in that. She was in Bedknobs Brunswick. Yeah. She was uh, Beauty and the Beast. So basically, like she knows if there's a movie with magic and maids in it, she knows it. <laughs> so you got the perfect person for that. So I was thinking they were they were like, so who's British and popular? All right, we're gonna throw them into this movie. <laughs> oh, and who and who knows musicals? Lin Manuel Miranda is actually playing a major character in it too. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they're throwing the kitchen sink at it because this is. Uh, such a well-loved piece of their history that they really want to do this one justice. So 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 is Dick Van Dyke going to do a dance number? Uh, He's, I don't know if he can dance, but if, uh, if they can get him to maybe swing around a light pole for a bit, you know, (laughs) Chimaru. Hey, it's going to be just a crap ton of special effects. And uh, I'm really actually looking forward to this because if they can, if they can do this, if they can do this, a sequel to bed, and broomsticks, I'm all about it to see what they can do like that. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a sequel to, to more Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. But if it can lead to that, is what I'm, what I'm getting at. <laughs> Disney, hint, hint, do it. Yeah. Disney. There's been a ton of controversy uh, on the internet, especially last, I believe it was Sunday when this thing hit, was that Jodie Whittaker was announced as the 13th Doctor Who. And man, did Twitter get split immediately on That this. is a war zone, We're talking man. It still about is. 12, 12 Doctor Whos who are male, and she becomes the first female. So I, this is a direction that it fits for me, I think is fantastic because it's, it's showing, uh, again, Wonder Woman and other characters that are female leads that are very strong. And it just came out that she is making the same uh, as, uh, I believe it's Capaldi is his last name. Yeah. Uh, whoever was the former actor for, for Doctor Who. So she's getting the equivalent amount of money, which, again, is a big deal. I, I, I know that this sounds trivial, but in this day and age right now, uh, women's pay, equal pay for, you know, for equal for work it, it's it's not the same and there were people if you watched hawaii Five O that left because of that so this is a really big deal and also who cares that there's a female actress in a very powerful role in a, a television show on bbc it's like is this really that big of a deal it's it's technically it's not and the fact is this is to me this is sort of a, a another gamergate black eye Basically, there's a there's a certain fan base who kind of gets put into the the, the gamer one, but this is more of like the, the Doctor Who fans. But it, it, in terms of the public eye, very similar. They're they're us, it, the geeks, nerds who like the Doctor Who series. But this painted the Gamergate thing painted an entirely terrible black eye on the entire community when just the worst of us were put in the media spotlight saying the worst things. And this is a minor version because I don't think it's going to last nearly as long. I mean, nearly as bad, but it's just another black eye of instead of people just high-fiving and saying, good deal, unless there's something in the universe saying women can't be it, like, oh, women can't be a Catholic priest, and then we're going to make a movie about that when it can't happen in reality. It's like, okay, well, you can still make a movie about that and it can still be good, but this is like there. I don't think there's anything in this world that denies this from happening. So there's nothing to be upset about, dudes. Nothing. Now, one of the things that I saw on Twitter that I actually loved was a dad threw up a, vi- a picture of his son. His son has has cosplayed. It's a little boy, and he's cosplayed for Halloween at his school uh, every year as one of the doctors. And his son, he put up a video, and it's his son saying, saying, he was all excited about it. And he goes, "Okay, Dad, how do I cosplay as her? Do I can I wear a skirt to school? 
And then they're like, so then his dad showed his dad was like clapping, but his dad showed him uh, how women would cosplay as the other doctors and do a, fem- a female version of that. And so he goes, no, you can just do the male version of it. So the, the little boy is all excited. It's and, and the thing is, most of the fans that are freaking out, it's the older generation. It's not the current. It's not the newer generation that's coming up and watching this stuff. And that says something for the old or for the older generation. It's get your head out of your ass and just accept the fact that change is happening and it can be good. Yeah, there's, there's people that's that just don't like change and uh, they they have to live in the world with us and we have to live in the world with them. And the, the one of the issues is they have voices, too, and some of their voices can get loud. And sometimes we have to hear those voices and then we don't have to agree with them just like they don't agree with that decision but we don't have to agree with them either uh but we'll let them know it too oh yeah um one of the things game of thrones uh, showrunners they announced the topic theme of their next show it's sort of a sort of man in the high castle style theme but about slavery what if uh the south won the civil war and the United States was split along the Mason-Dixon line with slavery still being uh, allowed in the southern part of the United States and not being allowed in the northern part and how those two different countries existed. And that's going to be their next series. Um, and just seeing how the success of Mad and High Castle was um, and how you can take this twist on history and, and just fast forward time and show how it plays and how successful that is, you get a lot of fans from a lot of different areas, history buffs, uh, people who, who want to see deep racial dramas, and you get really original stories. It sound like it. This sounds like when I first heard it, I kind of cringed a little. But second thought, then when I set, went back to it, I started thinking about like I started thinking about like Django Unchained and other films that you know were really really good if they're going for more of a drama side or if they go for the action if they're trying to get a good mixture of that I I think that this it could be a really good way to do that I mean cuz you think about the underground railroad and all that stuff have it expand for a longer period cuz do we know if it's going to be a period drama or is this going to take place like in the present as if it's two different countries Cajun. Yeah, and I, I forgot. I think they actually said it. And I don't have it in the notes. Sorry, we'll probably catch it up next week. It might be in the 1960s. Okay. Maybe that much, that much of a fast forward, but we'll have to check. Sorry, guys. Okay. Uh, this kind of reminded me of J.J. Abrams and uh, Jordan Peele doing Lovecraft Country, taking uh, a spin with very strong uh, historical or racial um, undertones and telling something with, with a very different world than what we live in. I think these guys are not um, oblivious to the fact that this is going to be a lightning rod. Like this is going to cause controversy. It's gonna it's gonna happen regardless of whether they want it to or not. No matter how well they tell the story or how well they don't tell the story. But as long as they can get a message across that this is either how it's going to be or you know this is how they perceive it to be, and it's respectful. I think that it that's how the message will get will come across if they if they come across and they're just not able to get the message uh, the, quite right i think this is going to be a huge cluster so uh, it just depends on how well they're able to deliver it all right so next up we have bright the full trailer dropped like this i i'm ecstatic for this like when we first saw like the, the teaser i was super super hyped for it um and then seeing the full trailer, even more so. So one of my one of my favorite like kind of genres and stuff like that is mixed reality between fantasy and now. Uh, Hellboy did that phenomenally. Uh, most films done by by Gamora God del Toro. Why do we have to bring up Hellboy again? Knock it off. No. <laughs> I like Hellboy too. It, to, to Hellboy Hellboy will be brought up again in later in in, in the cast because of another reason. But it won't be Hellboy. It won't be Hellboy. Hey, you know what? It's a good film, and it's got the good special effects. And that's what's also looks like it's going to be a great film and have incredible special effects, practical effects, mind you. Bright. Will Smith-led looks freaking amazing. It's got orcs. It has elves. It has fairies that are being killed by bug zappers or, you know, or a, a broom. Brooms. Brooms. The, the, the fairy was attacking was his awesome bug zapper thing. and was... he kills it with a broom. Yeah. He's like, fairy lives don't matter. 
He's like, y'all keep up. Y'all keep on with your your gangsta life, gang banging. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to my house. House. That was great. Oh my god. The the acting. So the orc partner in this is played by Joel Egerton, which the in the original with the little when you first saw the the teaser trailer, his makeup was probably just a uh, a quick mock up because his uh, markings and stuff have changed, and you couldn't you couldn't really tell that that was Joel Edgerton. Now, through his through the new makeup and stuff like that, he can actually make facial expressions. You can see it. You can tell not only by voice, but you can tell that that's Joel Edgerton underneath the makeup, and it looks so good. Uh, the story takes place in a world where fantasy creatures live side by side with modern day humanity. Uh, LAPD. So this takes place in LA. Officer Will Smith and his adva- and his partner, orc partner Joel Egerton. Uh, it's looking like like this is also we're talking about you know in a time when there was a controversy and things like that. Yeah, and the other big thing is they, they discover uh, a magical thing. So the magic world comes in, they discover a magic wand, and that's the lightning rod. And uh, they need to possess it before evil people do. And so they're one of the ones that own a few ones who, who know either where it is or what it does. Because I think as they're on patrol, they're the ones who discover it. And so they are kind of forced into deeper parts of this world that they don't want to be a part of, it seems, in the trailer. Yeah, and it's the... The, the the characters and everything that they, they they show right now look amazing it has a very very uh uh well like i said it has it has that hellboy 2 feel when they bring in the elves and stuff like that and they bring out they kind of take that part of the veil um it's just it looks good i'm excited for it it comes december 22nd netflix only to me, like I hope that they get an Oscar nomination for the special effects on the makeup alone. Like the makeup looks great. Nah, nah trailer doesn't look so. that. Trailer doesn't look that good. Yeah. No, I'm thinking for special effects. Anything. And so specifically with Netflix. And the other thing is, is you said the date, December twenty second, perfect time. You're gonna hit right before Christmas. A lot of people do what I did the day before Christmas and was like, all right, I'm gonna binge like four or five episodes of something because I have time off. This movie will hit right, or this series for it's Netflix. A, it's a movie. Right at that it's a time. movie. Yeah, movie, yeah, it's, movie. it's a movie. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah, so movie. this will hit. This movie will hit right at that time. You'll be able to watch this movie, and you'll be able to knock it out right before Christmas time. It's going to get really high ratings. Everybody will watch because there's nothing else on television. Yep. You're banking on people doing. I want, what's a good movie we can watch at home? Well, what's something that's on Netflix? What's something like that? This is going to be a new A-list start uh, action fantasy movie that drops right in that time when people are like, "Ah, what's something new we can watch?" Boom! Right there. Um, now, one thing, uh, this is going into the D23 part of it. Uh, we did cover a little bit with the uh, Mary Poppins stuff, but D23 dropped a lot of Disney news on us lately. Um, so kind of pulled it all together was that uh, Disney's doing a lot of live action shot for shot remakes. So think of it similar to Jungle Book, Cinderella, uh, Beauty and the Beast, stuff, stuff we've seen already. So they've done three of them. Um there's a, there's quite a few more in the works. There's four that they talked about uh, at D23. Um, one was Lion King. They showed at D23 the opening sequence. It was like a shot-for-shot shot opening sequence, everything, even with Simba sneezing uh, as a kid. Um, Aladdin, they announced the cast. And just speaking of Will Smith, he's going to be playing the genie in the cast. Um, the Dumbo director, Tim Burton, he wheeled out a, a maquette mock-up of a Dumbo. And then Mulan is, they just basically say Mulan's still being made. So um, the, of yeah, all Disney's that... Going all, all, yeah, all out go. with all these live actions. Yeah, the live action is, is Disney's bread and butter right now. So instead of recreating and or creating brand new uh, com- or movies as far as children's films, why don't we remake every single film that we ever have into live action? Because, well... It hit two or three years ago with the Jungle Book, so that's what they're doing now. And Beauty and the Beast was no slouch, so right. it doesn't even have to make a. It doesn't have to make a ton of money, but it has to make enough money to cover whatever there is they're doing, and that buys them extra time, and then it appeases everybody for these home family movies and films. Yeah, as long as uh, as long as you don't get the Alice in Wonderland stuff, which that's my issue. My only issue here is Dumbo. 
because you got Tim Burton at the helm. And when I think of Tim Burton, I think of these live-action remakes of Alice in Wonderland that weren't as good, especially the second one. Um, and this media right here, the, the Dumbo movie itself, it itself is a trippy, racy movie if you go back and watch it. So it's it's going to be a tough one to portray um, with skill in modern day and time. I think the only scene he's going to be able to execute is when Dumbo drinks the drink and gets all trippy. Everything else, I think, is going to be a stretch for Tim Burton to execute a shot-for-shot remake uh, without making it a Tim Burton film, and that's what concerns me. Michael Keaton's supposed to be in this film as well, teaming back up with uh, Tim Burton. Michael Keaton's in everything right now. I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> and look, he'll probably still be good. This just like like Johnny Depp is good in all the stuff Tim Burton does. It's not all of the not all of his movies have been hitting lately. And I just and not all of these. With all of these live action ones, some of these aren't gonna hit. And of the four we just talked about, I think Dumbo is gonna be the one that's just gonna be Ugh. so that's just my my prediction, my theory moving forward. But all of this, all of this stuff is 2018 and beyond. So we don't have release dates on any of these movies. This was just D23 initial stuff. Next up. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff on here. Uh, Wrinkle in Time trailer drops. Chris Pine uh, is the kind of the focus on the first half of this trailer. Uh, he's kind of appearing everywhere. Wasn't what the choice would that I would have picked on playing the father. But after seeing the trailer, I was pretty. I, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty. Like it turned. It changed my mind. Yeah, because you read the books on this. So you I have did. Yeah. Yeah. I, so yeah. Was, so yeah. I read. I read the books on this and stuff. The trailer hits on all the stuff. Now I actually. The, I read the books when I was a, when I was a kid. I can't remember the name of the creatures that are in the series. I remember what they look like. They're like a mix between Sasquatch with like kind of like spider eyes and stuff. But. I didn't see those those creatures in, but they'll they'll hold that over for a later pre uh, you know trailer. But the scene where everybody's basically just they're dribbling the ball and all that stuff that was spot on to the book. And that when I saw that, I'm like, okay, how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna make it feel? A Wrinkle in Time really like that series of books and stuff. It th- if Disney plays their cards right. They have a incredible series of a sci sci fi adventure to explore right now because it is it's in depth. It's got that it's got that Chronicles of Narnia feel to it with a more modern day turn, twist, and they really. I, I'm hoping that the what we saw in the trailer shows up as a really great film. That's that's kind of my my thing because. Reading the books, you know, I have I have this this preconceived notion of what it needs to be, and I've always wanted to see this. I mean, granted, Disney made a Disney's had the rights to this for quite a long time. They made a a film uh, for TV years and years ago, and that one was actually pretty good. It was a little mini series that they did. So we'll, we'll see how they do with a feature length film. Nice. Yeah, so uh, just to give everybody who, do- who hasn't seen the trailer yet an idea of what it is, basically the plot is the scientist's father uh, of a girl, uh, he disappears, and then some peculiar beings uh, send his daughter Meg, her brother, and a friend into space-time to find them. And this movie is going to come out March 8th, 2018, so, I mean, about nine-ish months away right now. Um, and... I, it has it, Oprah Winfrey as like a Oprah Winfrey like, like is, as a kind of a fairy godmother, all knowing being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it it and the trailer looked good. It did, and I like I like when it releases. March is now a uh, another big movie month for some reason, and yeah, I I like this as being an early March property right now. It's it, it has everything I would like to see in a movie, and I think it's. I think even at that time, and from what I even saw in the trailer, it's probably something that even could take the daughter to. So mm-hmm. be be pretty good. Yeah, it definitely had an all star cast. To see Oprah, in it when it was totally was like blindsided me because she doesn't do film anymore. And then uh, I saw Reese Witherspoon, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, as far as in the trailer itself. Tons of makeup on everybody, in. so it's tough to yeah. tell. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm it, Chris Pine, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, it showed the full cast, so I'm checking up on IMDb now. So I, I didn't think I missed it. I, I really thought that I saw her. So definitely, uh, it has some some firepower as far as the people uh, in the in it. So if they can hit on the story, you know what I mean. If they can translate that and and convert it into film, then this thing is going to be a success. And then you're going to have a few films that they can they can work on. Yep. Now. D23 dropped a lot of these news. Now, we got something from Comic-Con today mm-hmm. that uh, is a sequel that we we're kind of well, mulling over. It's, well, it's it's not a, not necessarily a sequel, but it is being, that, that it's being told that there's, I mean, they've got ways that they're trying to say that they're leading in. Oh, no, no, this one, sorry. Ha <laughs> ha. I was jumping ahead of myself. I was trying to go ahead the next one on. So yeah, this no one. Worries, no worries. Yeah. So we are talking about a sequel. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising got its uh, got its teaser trailer. Now my family loves Pacific Rim. Uh, my kid he had like the NECA action figures and just like he like lived, breathed, like anything he could do. Pacific Rim. So I'm I'm excited for this sequel. It stars John Boyega. Uh, and he's playing he he's playing the son of uh of the one of the characters from the original, uh, Derek. Yeah, and specifically on this uh on this teaser, this teaser just to me was it seemed like a Starship Troopers style promo video, <laughs> uh from like recruiting people to get into the mech suits to yeah. uh, to fight aliens like come get into the Rock'em Sock'em robots and fight aliens in the ocean. Uh, which is continually it's propaganda of what it was, I'm it was, it was propaganda yeah. it was a propaganda teaser trailer is what it was and yeah but it but it, it felt it it felt fun it felt poppy um one you notice one thing well, I noticed one thing right off the bat is is right. that the Jaegers yeah you see gypsy danger with a lot of upgrades mm-hmm. but it's now showing as if it is one user per Jaeger. Right, which would mean that they had to do something like part of me, like feels that that like I don't know. I like the idea of the having to be the bridged, like I like if I feel I feel I feel like that like this makes it a little too easy. Like if this is the case, I feel like this is too easy of a story change where they made the uh, what this is something that would take away from the other one being so unique, Cajun. Right, exactly. It, it could take away from the other one being unique, uh, but also I think this is just they wanted to. They they it probably was a hard write to write that in and to make compelling story and to make that fit into the the science and logic of this make believe world. And they probably just came up with some MacGuffin and like we we invented something this thing and we can have one person in now and go. So I. I my thought it was the other, them trying to like not having to tell the complex story of two people's brains together or Bridging. it could still be that way. It could still yeah. be bridged yeah. and you just don't see it in this promotional trailer. Yeah, very true. This seems like a nice way to tie in John Bayuga to another film to me. Like, I mean, uh, it seems like anybody who has these kind of B list movies are trying to bring an A list star from a big franchise and trying to bring him in in order to, to draw a crowd. Yeah, and, and some of and these so franchises I'm hoping that, that too. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm hoping it does well. I mean, I, for his sake, I'm hoping it does well. Honestly, watching that infomercial that I saw, as far as a trailer was concerned, it didn't look like anything that I would be interested in. But, you know, for his sake, I hope it does okay. Yep. And then the next up, well, this is the one I thought we were going to. And it could be considered, some people who see it are going to think that it's a sequel of sorts. Uh or a prequel, which it could kind of be, uh, is The Shape of Water. This is Guillermo del Toro's original fairy tale about a deaf girl who finds a secret experimental sea creature. Now, if you go deeper into this, she finds it in a secret experimental lab. The creature, though, is to be is like a mixture between Gilman and Abe Sapien. Uh, from and the, the Hellboy. environment looks like Bioshock. It does, and right. this is, and that's actually the internet's freaking out, saying Gilmore del Toro, please make a Bioshock film because of this environment in this. But it starts like uh, so. the the big The big bad in this is Michael Shannon, you know, 
He plays he's, great big he does, bads. He does. He does great big bags. Big bads. Bags. Bads. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, he's he's great. He, he gives those looks. And, man, it's... Uh, but this has some of those... Like, this has an E.T. feel to it. Yes. This is... We found this... I found this creature. I'm an innocent person. And the uh, the innocent person is this one is a deaf girl or a deaf worker at this facility. Uh, innocent person finds this creature. Big bad business or big bad government wants to do tests and stuff on the creature while innocent person wants to save creature because of a, a bond created with it. Now, the so creature. It very much. I the creature. It's, it's, it's practical effects. Again, the creature is played by Doug Jones. Same actor who played a sapien. This creature uh, at one point was worshipped as a god by the Mayans, all this stuff. You get this backstory on it. What it appears to be and what people are taking from this is, is that knowing Gilmore del Toro's, you know, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's (laughs) love for that character, Abe Sapien, they're like, there some a lot of people are taking this as this is an origin story of his race because in the Hellboy he was a singular they didn't know where he came from, and the parallel between the characters the same actor wow. playing they're saying that this could be taken as a as a prequel if you wanted to, uh, and right. there hasn't been any straight up denial of that which is something that he's. Uh, that the director, the tour, he's he's very famous for doing. Like he, a lot of his films, all feel like they are interconnected, and he never right. flat out says no, they're not. Right, and eventually it could be like the uh, the Pixar theory where somebody finally puts all the pieces together, and it was there for you all along that this that everything was together. And whether that the Pixar one has legs or whatever, this one has legs, it's just it's really nice when some of those connections are verified by the auteur themselves. But Shape of Water comes out December 8th, 2017. So later this year, mm-hmm. uh, one we talked about earlier was also a Guillermo del Toro joint, his original one. I don't know wh- how, how involved is he with this Uprising sequel, but Pacific Rim Uprising comes out February 28th, 2018. Seems like we're getting a lot of uh, films here at Comic-Con now uh, that are coming out or a lot of uh, prior to Comic-Con where all these movies are coming out November, December, mm-hmm. right before right before the hit of the new year. Now, Chris. Yeah, instead of pushing them out further, yeah. Yeah. Now, Chris, you have another movie to talk about that I'm, I'm, I'm excited about. Uh, yes. Uh, the Comic Con had a product had a tra- a quick trailer, and then it had the full trailer of Lego Ninjago the movie, and it's based off the Lego Ninjago animated series uh, short uh, that has six young ninjas Lloyd, uh, Jay, Kai, Cole, and Zane, and Naya, and they're asked to defend their island home called Ninjago. And by night, they're gifted warriors using their skills and uh, awesome fleet of vehicles, which uh, you saw some of the vehicles in the in the previous trailer. Uh, uh, yeah. And then it's not uh, written or directed by Lord and Miller. So this is the first movie that's kind of diverged from that. Right. It says from the from the. I don't even know what it says. It's basically meaning fr- it's from Lego Movie and from yeah. uh, Batman, but it's not with the same writers. Yeah, so same writer. It's production. just some of the people. Same production. Yeah, we yeah. we grabbed twenty five people of the five hundred or whatever number that yeah. is uh, who made it. But from the trailer, the feel is there. It, it felt is. like Lego Batman. It felt like Lego Movie. The actor playing the butt, the big the butt bad dialing calls. joke was awesome. Yeah, Lloyd, exactly. Lloyd. 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 Two L's. Lloyd, that. I, two L's. I, I two know L's. your name. I named you. <laughs> I named you. So like that. That that's a Batman. Like that was a Batman line. I think of that more so as Batman joke humor than like even Lego movie humor. You know what I mean? Or Will Ferrell as yes. uh, big, Mr. Business. Business Mr. Or business. big business. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Business. Yeah. And, uh, John C. John C. Riley. He plays at least one character in this. Yes. I didn't check the cast at all. I didn't check who the, was voicing uh, what. Um, Oh no! The but I, I did see. Sound like him. I did see Dave Franco is the voice of Lloyd. So uh, Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damien has a, uh, a Will Ferrell from the Lego Movie action figure. Yeah, it, it sounded the guy who tripped with a girl was just like, "I know you'd want me to be, to be safe. I'll I'll think of you." <laughs> she like keeps running. It that sounded like John C. Riley, but uh, yeah. Either here or there. Could have definitely been a guest name. This comes out soon. Yeah. This is September 25th, 2017. This is right around the corner from us, and I didn't hear 
much about it. And it was it apparently it's been out there because when after I saw the trailer, I saw a couple of other clips and things. They, they're probably trying to stay away from the summer movie media marketing hype. And uh, but but uh, this looks fun. And I thought it was original till I realized it was based off an animated series that already exists in Jago series. But it looks fun and good. And they got Lego has another media to make money hand over fist. Oh, yeah. And it's in these smart kids movies uh, that adults can enjoy too. Bring it on. I'm waiting, waiting for them to do the uh, give it the, the Star Wars feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do do Lego Star Wars movies? Oh, yeah, like yeah, because they already they already do them all over Disney XD. So it's like it's just waiting. It's just waiting to happen. All right, and we're done here with this episode of In Our Queue of Geekologist Radio. You can email us at geekologist at ninjapancake.com, Twitter at geekologist radio minus the T for character restrictions. On the web at geekologistradio.com and ninjapancake.com. And you can find me, Caucasian Saint, all one word on Twitter. Chris, where can we find you? Find me at Two Wolves on Twitter. You can find me at, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Mr. Damien Nash on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and for this one, what are we doing, Damien? We are Meowt. Meow. All right. Meow. <laughs> no. No.